This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? Jolly devil. Good morning, kitties, and welcome back to THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, June 6th. We are back. It's happening. You have bullied us into doing a live show, and here I am spending more time with Joe Patrick away from my wife and listening to you nerds scream at us. Your wife's not even home. She is. She's outside working out right now, hoping desperately the neighbor kids don't come over because they always want to see what we're doing. It's weird. Anyway, here's how it works. Every Saturday from 1030 to noon, Central Standard Time, Joey and I are live on the Faces book, and we are talking all things comics with you nerds. At 11 o'clock, we will open the phone lines, and you can call us at 402-819-4894, or... You can click our Facebook Call Now button if you want to get in on the action. And if you can't call in live, you can call us anytime and leave a message or send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But we're not opening the phone lines for almost another 20 minutes, Joe Patrick. And do you know why that is? Why is that? Because THN Cover to Cover is your new home for Nerd News! Nerd News. Yeah. It's back. People freaked out. They're like, I thought these guys were going to give us opinions on the show. What happened? All they did was talk about a bunch of old comic books. This sucks. I hate this show. <laughs> I'm never listening to it again. First up, we've got a story here about Man of Steel star Henry Cavill being in talks to return as a Superman in the DC Extended Universe. According to Deadline, Cavill's negotiations do not in- involve a sequel to Man of Steel. What is that? What, okay, so right there. What does this mean? <laughs> I mean? It means they don't have any plans to make one yet. Right, exactly. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly plans to involve his character in another of its upcoming projects, uh, which include, so far, uh, the Black Adam film, sequels to Shazam and Aquaman. Um, there's... There was a wild rumor that he might make a brief cameo in Wonder Woman 1984. No. No, but maybe it was supposed to be out already. Maybe a post credit thing that they could tack on. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, I got no. it. Uh, of course, Superman technically did make a cameo at the end of Shazam, uh, although they didn't show his face. Yeah. It was a different actor. It was Cavill's stunt double, I believe, in yeah. the suit. And it was like the shadow um, of Superman and his chest. Yeah, I mean, no, you see him, you see him from the neck down, like right. walking through the cafeteria. Um, and then they actually played the John Williams Superman theme. It was great. Do so, we care? Do we, first of all, not too long ago, we had a discussion on Twitter where somebody, uh, somebody made a comment. Oh, I made a comment where I was like, I don't really care if Cavill comes back at this point because I don't care about this Superman. And people are like, well, you were like, no, come on now. You like Henry Cavill Superman. I don't have a problem with the way he looks in the costume, but that's where it ends. That's literally where it ends. Not Cavill's fault, by the way. Bad scripts, bad movies. Well, yeah, that's all I was saying. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with Cavill's portrayal of Superman. It's what the writers and producers did with the character. Right. If you bring him back, is all that baggage still with him? Does Joe Patrick feel good if he shows up? Um. Well... I'm going to need some evidence that the DC uh, 
movie universe is swinging wildly in a different direction. Right? Like, I, it almost, I, I don't know. It almost seems to me like this is a misstep if you're trying to get away from this stuff. But now suddenly, with the news that, oh, we're getting the Snyder Cut JLA on HBO, do you think any of that is fueled by this crap? Um... No, I mean, the Snyder Cut stuff, they've been bitching about that for years. No, I'm aware, but now they're dumping a bunch of money into it. It's going to be on HBO. Superman, Henry Cavill's obviously in that. Do you think they're mistaking that, is what I'm saying, for interest in more of this? And they might just go, you know what? We were right. Let's just go back to what we were doing. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't necessarily think that's I don't necessarily think they're connected because Cavill has been pretty open about his desire to stick around. Right. As the character. Uh he's even made, you know, he's made like fun little statements like the suit's still in the closet. Yeah. Which, he, so I think that he wants it and I think that he has wanted it. And I, I need Warner Brothers to figure out where they went wrong. Right. And it's just a tonal and, uh, thing. It's it's an overall tonal thing. Right. And I think that they have, you know, made some strides with with a lot of their movies. I know you don't like necessarily, you don't like Aquaman. And, but, um, like, I think tone-wise, they're moving in a, in a good direction. Um, yeah. I they, just, like... I agree. I don't disagree. When you, when you build your foundation on a version of of Superman that fundamentally misunderstands what the character is supposed to be about. Right. You're just, you're off on the, you're just off from the start. I don't mind Henry Cavill coming back as Superman, but they need to drastically change whatever they're going to do with Superman. And I don't need another sequel in these <laughs> Superman movies. You could literally start over or just ignore all that shit. Just completely ignore it. And here's a, a separate Superman movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this will be the I don't know. third I don't, or fourth time we've done that with Batman, like, so why not do it with Superman? That's true. That's true. And, like, they might be... I, I think I read that there were no plans to include him in the Batman, but again... Who knows? And that's the other beautiful yeah. thing. Thanks to COVID, everybody has another year to rethink their movies, basically, and, and do whatever they need to to improve yeah. them or make them better or read the internet and freak out and go, oh, shit, nobody's going to like that. It's hard to know. We've got more casting news coming out of the CW. I'm sure you all heard from the Batwoman desk. Ruby Rose is out as Katie Kane. Now, that's not all. Katie Kane is out as Batwoman. They are not recasting her. We're getting a whole new character. The news was revealed in a now-deleted casting call, which was posted to Reddit and reported on by Decider via The Hollywood Reporter. It's like, just like the cops that are beating people up in front of people with cell phones, Hollywood seems to have forgotten that everyone has access to the internet. And when you post something like this, like a casting call, like, hey, we're looking for a whole new actress, that's going to hit the net real fast. <laughs> and it did. The new character is referred to as Ryan Wilder, but that could be a placeholder name. We don't really know. Either way, the new Batwoman is apparently nothing like Katie Kane. She's like, they list her. Here's the lead quality that is nothing like Katie Kane. She's likable. <laughs> She's likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. Untamed. 
After you finding, can't tame her. No, she, she cannot be tamed. After finding sobriety and leaving behind a life of dangerous drug habits and business practices. I'm not sure what that means. Wilder lives in her van before coming to know the role of Batwoman, <laughs> according to the casting description. Wilder would, quote, steal milk from an alley cat, but could also kill you with her bare hands. Yikes. I'm glad the CW is reporting they are, they are committed to casting another LGBTQ actor. That's great. They've reported that the new Batwoman is going to be a full-on out lesbian. There's no news whatsoever on how this transition will happen. But I have to ask, in a world where we just had a bunch of CW shows with a crisis on infinite Earths, is it a little uncreative to completely swap out the character when you could just grab an alternate Earth, Katie Kane, that comes through and switches or something like that? Does this seem ridiculous? No, more more ridiculous than saying Kate Kane from a different Earth is now the Batwoman on Earth One. Why no. the hell not? You've already established there's a bunch of different Earths. <laughs> because that's not the kind of show Bat. Well, I take that back. Yeah, I was like, really? <laughs> they, they they did have a, a a subplot with a version of her sister f- uh, from an Earth that had been destroyed. Yeah, this whole thing just um, seems kind of silly. And Jason Sachs. No, is, no. Why you didn't like Kate Kane to begin with? So just why, why not just make it a different character? Why not just make it a different actress and say this is Katie Kane now, and she's a better actress, and okay, you'll like. Stop. Her. You keep calling her Katie Kane. Her name is Kate. I know. Kate. Kate. Kane, sorry. <laughs> I watched Katie Keene the other night too, the CW show. That show's fucking bonkers, man. Oh my God. <laughs> like I thought RuPaul's Drag Race was gay. Whoa, it's got nothing on the Katie Keene show. <laughs> uh, you no, know, man. I it's it's fine. Like I, I don't mind them casting a new lead character. I think it would have been more weird to just cast a different actor as Kate. Fair enough. Would you rather they have gone with say, an established character that has, I don't know, been Batgirl or been Batwoman in some form before? Because Ryan Wilder is brand new shit. Ryan Wilder is just out of the blue, new character. That might, yeah, I mean, that might have been cool, but I mean. Is that a big deal, though? I mean, like, I could go with Cassandra Kane would be fine with me. Then she's just another Kane. Uh, Just spelled differently. Yeah, she spells it differently. And she's Asian. And she's a killing machine. I mean, (laughs) that could be more. I don't know. I don't care about Bat. I I didn't care about the Batwoman series. And it wasn't just because I didn't think Ruby Rose is a very good actress. And I agree. Jason Sachs is in in our chat feed saying he always thought she was unlikable. And he's right. She was not a likable character. She was just sort of one dimensional. Whatever. With that said, now you're going to bring a new person i guess if she's dressing up and she's still wearing the wig and stuff does it matter if nobody knows it's a secret well, identity I, I also uh they also put in the casting call that they were looking for actors of any uh ethnicity yeah so they might cast like a black woman or you know, we don't know i mean i suppose she's dressed up in you know as a superhero if she has a secret identity so maybe it doesn't matter we'll see i just don't know I think this is a golden chance for them to make this a better show. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I agree because Ruby Rose, I did not like her. No. Joe Patrick, let's get to the big news. This is the big news of the week. This DC is- Comics has broken up with Diamond Comics distributors. Its decades-long business relationship has come to an end, uh, an abrupt end. Yeah. <laughs> effective immediately. <laughs> uh, da 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 
So according to a statement from DC, after 25 years, they have ended their relationship. Moving forward, retailers can obtain their DC books from Penguin Random House, uh, which they also they have already been using to distribute like stuff to book markets. Right. Or they can also get books and periodicals. That's your floppies through the two new quote unquote distributors they set up during covid lunar or ucs um i'm i'm not sure which one is which but they are better known as the huge discount online retailers uh discount comic book service and midtown comics yeah so dc is saying this decision is quote unquote in line with their overall strategic vision intended to improve the health of and strengthen the direct market as well as grow the number of fans who read comics worldwide. Do you buy that for a moment? No, I don't. Uh, Well, I I mean, I do believe that they have an overall vision. I don't know that it has anything to do with supporting the direct market. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there right now because of how suddenly this happened. And a lot of retailers saying a lot of different things. We sort of collected some information from a few of them. And it seems like people are worried because DC has made real good money on their young adult books in bookstores, on Amazon, places like that. And they are seeing that maybe... There's more money in those books than there are in periodical floppies. So it's not hard to see them saying, screw this market. It's getting smaller and smaller. Why are we fighting for it? Let's get into the book market and we'll just look at mail order sooner or later or just, you know, we'll switch over to these vendors they set up during the COVID-19 stuff to ship out comics They were upset with Diamond because Diamond was saying they were having cash flow issues and Diamond is not paying vendors as it is. Here's a bigger question for you. Is this the death of Diamond? Well, it's certainly a huge blow. Right. Um, Of course, you know, nobody at Diamond is saying that it is. Uh, They're saying, of course, we will weather the storm, blah, 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 blah. But you look at market Um, share monthly and Marvel and DC fight for this giant slice of the pie, which is literally like 45% and, you know, (laughs) 50, whatever. And the leftover sliver, there's a sliver of it that's like Image Comics, Dark Horse, IDW, and then there's an even smaller, like barely visible line that's everybody else. So if you take out, we'll say 40% of the market share from Diamond. So so DC DC um, currently has about 30% of the market share, according to Chuck Rosansky, so you're gonna take uh, a th- the owner of Mile High Comics. So you're taking a third um, of Diamond Comics money away at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. How soon before? It's a lot. Here's another question. How soon before Marvel goes? Yeah, we're going to look into something else too. Well, a lot of uh, Peter David posted something saying uh, something to the effect of like, this was DC effectively declaring war on Marvel comics because they're kind of putting them in in a position that they're going to be forced to make some sort of move. The worst thing about this, if you forget about diamond comics and their worries and all that shit, the worst thing about this is the timing. You are doing this to retailers when they are yes. just getting ready to open back up after this COVID-19 shit, right? They're and just, some of them still can't. Some of them still can't. They have literally just placed their final orders for comics that are, that are going to show up the last week of June. And now their next order 
is going to have to switch to the second week of July because DC is saying we're not doing the first week. Second week, we're going to start shipping through the new vendors. So they have to place their orders. Well, first sign up. The new vendors have to make new accounts for everybody, figure out how shipping is going to work and get all the books to these, all the DC books to all these new vendors all across the United right. States on time. Best part of this is during the COVID shit, DC was like, screw it. We'll have comics come out on Tuesday. Is that going to continue? Yes. I mean, so we're going to have two new comic days now? Yeah. Yep. That's... So DC also gets to say, whereas Diamond was saying, look, new comic day is Wednesday. We ship comics to retailers on Tuesdays to give them time to put it together. And the street date is Wednesday. DC now says our street date is Tuesday. Our shit comes out a day before everything else. So according to DC, the reason they did that was so that um, all of their products would all be out on the same day. Because apparently... Books. In some parts of the market, maybe book market or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That stuff came out on Tuesday. The books do. Um, so, yeah, they're they're saying we want all of our stuff to come out all together on the same day. And that's why we're moving to Tuesdays. This is – there's no way it's going to work right away. There's no way this works, oh, no. right? It, so here's what Chuck Rosansky said about AT&T's frame of mind. AT&T paid – one hundred and eight billion dollars with a B to buy Time Warner. Right. Uh, only eighteen months ago, and so naturally, when the shit hit the fan with the pandemic, they started to scramble because revenues were just slashed. And they are looking, according to Rosansky, they need immense amounts of cash flow to service their debt, and they need it immediately. Uh, meanwhile, everyone at DC is freaking out because their entire ship is in danger of sinking uh, in its own debt. Diamond is sending out Diamond sends out a letter to all of their vendors telling them that uh, they wouldn't be able to pay them right away. They'd be receiving small incremental payments over a period of weeks. And so it's just this perfect storm of right. like, I I'm not going to say that AT&T made a bad call buying Time Warner because nobody knew that this was going to happen. No, no. But this but also if they're, they're acting in a panic. This seems like the perfect excuse to pull the ripcord and ditch the ditch the floppy market and say, screw it. Direct market's stupid. So I want to talk about the retailers like the corporate stuff. That's whatever. What I'm hearing from a ton of retailers is that this is a really raw deal for them. Yeah. No, because no. costs are going to be higher. Shipping goes uh, up like they they say that their discounts will will stay the same, but shipping is higher, which whittles their profits away. Maybe your DC um, discount stays the same, but guess what? When you take 30% of your order away from Diamond, that discount's not going to stay the same for everything else. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how big the store is, I guess. Right. So their profits are in real jeopardy. They're already small profits. Right. Nothing that's going on with either of the new distributors is going to be compatible with the existing systems that the majority of comic shops use. Yep. In terms of, in terms of like importing pull orders. Yeah. It was, it was all uh, one system, which in and of itself, not necessarily good. I'm not saying hooray monopoly. I'm not saying hooray diamond comics. There's a better way to do this. I just don't think tearing off the bandaid right now in the middle of civil unrest in the middle of COVID. <laughs> it's just, Yes, yeah. it's, it's a goddamn nightmare. Like I saw, I saw, I heard that one retailer uh, compared, 
one retailer compared it to war profiteering. Totally. Because yeah, it's 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 absolutely the worst time for these small businesses to have to deal with this nonsense. And they have a week to do it. And a lot of them they have a week to yeah. get these accounts set up and their orders put in. And a lot of them are saying, Hey, help us out. Don't order DC comics. Send a clear message. Or they're saying, if you want DC comics, you need to let us know because we're ordering for pulls only yeah. and they are not getting racked. Yeah. And I, I can't blame them. I can't blame them a bit here. I'm a hundred percent on the retailer's side. I am not a diamond fan. I am not a monopoly fan. This is the wrong way to do this. Like I, I in theory, I have no problem with the idea of DC wanting to break away. Right. But the, the, the reason everybody was mad at Diamond for being a monopoly is because they had exclusive deals. Right. Well, now DC has just moved their ex- exclusivity to a different provider. Not just a different provider, though. The direct competition of every local comic book store in the United States. Online deep discount shippers. I think one of the ways this can become more palatable is if these two companies stop being retailers oh, and sure just they be will. distributors. I'm sure they will. Just like the president yeah. stopped all his businesses when he went into the White House, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's Frank Cirillo in the chat. This is really shitty, agreed, motivated reason to break with Diamond. Yeah, it, it's greed motivated. That's all it is. He also says maybe this will open up uh, small distribution companies again. That is possible. Um, but a lot of the retailers that I'm seeing posting Ooh. online are remembering the 90s when Marvel decided to break. Yeah. They, they started to break away and uh, they set up with uh, Heroes World. And that was part of the reason why the market completely collapsed yeah. and Marvel had to declare bankruptcy. It was such a bad decision that not only did it murder Heroes World distribution, Marvel declared bankruptcy afterwards. Yeah. So <laughs> Times have I, changed, obviously. This is the 2020s. But like that was in the 90s when business was booming, where you were printing- Yeah, the market was healthier. You were printing 100,000 issues of new, you know, like new warriors at the time because they would fucking sell. Not anymore, baby. Things are different now. And we're in such a precarious place that it's hard not to believe this is just Diamond giving up on the direct market and saying, we're going to double down on the book market. That's where we want to be. We want to be online. You want comics? Great. We'll ship them to your house. Screw you, local comic book store. You haven't done us any favors. Screw you, Diamond. You haven't done us any favors. We're going to take care of us, baby. It's just, it, it's, it's so short-sighted because I understand that the direct market is not the only way to get comics, right. but- People on the ground in these shops putting books directly into the hands of interested fans is what's kept comics alive right. for decades. All right. We've talked about this enough, and it's time to open the goddamn phone lines, Joey. We've set up the news. That is your nerd news for the week, and we want to hear what you nerds think about it. Now, it is almost time to open the phone lines. Before we do, Joe Patrick, reset the question of the week, please. This week's question was submitted by Phil Lee via the THN forums. Which one fictional character or group would you drop into the Marvel or DC universes? For instance, would you put the Archie gang in Smallville growing up with a young Clark Kent? Perhaps Buffy Summers and the Scoobies in the 616 proper. Maybe the entire cast of My Hero Academia bursts into the DC universe. I love it. The phone lines are open. You can call us at 402-819-4894. We would love to talk to you 
about any of this, about the question of the week. Jason Sachs has a good point that he brought up in the chat. I would love for Jason to call us and talk about that a little bit because I do feel like that is being bandied about. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? JD got a catch. JD, welcome back, brother. We missed you. Missed you guys too, guys. It's nice to be live first again. On, first on the phone, first in our hearts. <laughs> what do you want to wrap right. about today? As the arbiter of the lake house, uh, I really feel like I either should comment on the whole diamond distribution or I don't have a dog in the fight. I haven't quite decided yet, <laughs> but I will say that Marvel's decision to move books to digital, move a handful of books to digital only. I, I think, and I think I mentioned this in one of my earlier calls. I, th I think that's going to be seen as an overall good decision. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shucking and jiving going on right now between Marvel and DC. DC obviously has made the biggest move to shake everybody and terrify everybody with the death of the direct market. But we also did yeah. just see Marvel say, and, hey, these... And like I said in the chat, uh, I heard a couple interesting interviews with Christina Merkler from Lunar Distribution and DCBS uh, and a couple other podcasts that don't exist. Um, <laughs> and, uh, That's right. We're the only one. Thank you. That's right. Um, and so there's definitely two sides of the story. Um, one is it didn't happen as fast as everyone thought it did. This has been in the works for a while now, since the end of February, early March. Oh, yeah. I fully uh, think they had this in, when they went ahead with this COVID plan. This had already been developed and they were like, fuck it. Let's go for it. This is the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. This is this was the time to do it. They just pushed everything into high speed. Yeah. Um, and and. Yeah, and then there's some there's some shady shit on on Diamond's side, especially with the way they handled COVID. Uh, that was kind of interesting to hear from a large retailer's perspective, as opposed to your local LCS. But to hear it from the DCBS side, what they had to deal with with Diamond, and the fact that they are still working with Diamond. Yeah, which is kind of bizarre and interesting. I don't know. I. I still like the digital side. I like the idea of doing digital. I think on the Marvel side, I think we're going to see books get bigger chances. They're going to have more leeway. There's going to be longer leashes on the writers and on the creative teams. Oh, definitely. With these options. And I think that's the thing that I'm coming away with going, like I said, I think a couple years ago, if you know we would have had this, we would have had a longer run on West Coast Avengers. We would have had a longer run on all new Hawkeye. Yeah, quite possibly. You know? And we just saw them move like several issues of, or pardon me, several series and even some limited series straight over to digital. Yeah. Which some people are and like DC. DC did this too, though it didn't. It wasn't quite as they didn't make quite as much noise about it. They put they moved some of their conclusions to minis over to. Digital first. Oh, I didn't know DC did that. Or digital too. only. Hmm. This is a scary time for the direct market. This is terrifying. And there were a couple of books that they just flat out canceled that were in midstream. Um, some of their weirder, like, they had like a, I don't even know what it was about. It was called RWBY. Oh, yeah. It's um, like a sci-fi thing. It was some thing. sort of sci-fi fantasy thing. Yeah. Uh, there was also... Um, the Last God, I think, was the other one, which was which great, was another like weird little way, fantasy sci-fi. It was really good, but yeah, I think they just DC just gave them the axe. They're like, no, nope, we're done. We're not even going to bother. Huh? I mean, I don't know, JD. I hear what you're saying when you're like, I'm a digital guy. I don't know if I have a dog in the fight, but we all do. 
We all have a dog in this fight yeah. because sooner or later we go to a comic con or we go to a comic show and we all try and support this shit. Well, yeah. and another thing to consider is that what JD is talking about. Now, I, I, I'm sure you make some current digital purchases, right, JD? From time yeah. to time. Yeah, from Comicsology. In fact, actually, I, I, the only, the only current day and date book I'm paying for is a DC book, and that's the Batman's Grave. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it. If, if DC, if if we're looking toward a digital only future, mm-hmm. that can't mean just people reading comics on the app. These have to be active digital purchasers. Yeah, because they're not going to be able or, to sustain with just memberships. There's no way. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. DC, neither Marvel nor DC is going to make their money. Marvel is not making is not making money on unlimited. No, and they've pretty much made that abundantly clear with how still how sporadically they put things out right and without jd like, we've we're gonna, never i'm gonna open the phone really... lines because people are are trying to call but we'll continue this thought <laughs> thank you for calling us we love you it's good to hear from you yeah everybody. thanks buddy great talking to you joe patrick continue i'm sorry um we've never really been able to pin down exact digital comic sales like right. we can print sales and so the, the whole thing is just like a whoop Hands up in the air. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 402-819-4894. The phone line is open. We would love to talk to you. We've got a fun question of the week. If you don't want to talk about this doom and gloom anymore, I would love to talk more about Henry Cavill as Superman. If you guys feel anything for that or care even remotely. And if you loved it, that's cool too. I would love to hear that. Our boy, uh, Brian Domingos tried to tell us that he liked Henry Cavill as Superman more than he liked Ruffalo's Hulk, which I think is insane, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, it comes down to, like, interpretation of the character. Like, I like Ruffalo's Hulk, but I, I also understand, like, looking at Henry Cavill in the suit and going, yeah, that guy looks like Superman. Yeah, sure. And then that guy mur- feels like Superman, even though he might not be acting like Superman. Yeah, until he starts murdering people, you know, and knocking yeah, down yeah. buildings in his hometown, shit like that. Right. Yeah. You know, smash the IHOP where your best friend works. It's fine. Right. I would also like to hear from people who have started returning to their comic shops. Is anyone out there actually going back to the stores? What's it been like? Are your stores reopening? I know our local shop, Legend, has not reopened yet i think i mean they are open for pickup right you can pick but they, up they're not open for traffic foot I, traffic i believe ground zero has opened up here in town for foot traffic but i don't know 100 on that i'm not sure where krypton is at um i think that there were some stores in town that never closed yeah so. which uh, you know seems like a bad idea to me but hey right. these yeah. are comic yeah. shop yeah. owners <laughs> Comic shop owners are famously crazy people. Four zero two, also notoriously uh, sickly. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Immunocompromised, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not a bunch of gym owners, unfortunately. Four zero two eight one nine four eight nine four. Call us. There we go. All right. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, it's Jason Sachs. Jason Sachs. Thank you for calling. I was really hoping you'd call. Yeah, I want to talk about this because there are a lot of retailers that are saying last time Marvel did this, they went bankrupt. That's not the whole story, though, is it? 
that's not the whole story. I mean, it, it's part of the story because Marvel made a whole slew of really stupid, poor investments. But uh, long story short, Marvel was set up to go bankrupt. Yeah. It was a cash cow that was used to um, strip as much money out of a company as possible. It didn't really matter if it was Marvel. I mean, it could have been any, literally any other company in the world. It just happened to be Marvel that the investors decided to um, buy and make poor investments and, and strip mine for all its assets. It, it's, it, that's, a, that's the thing about, about the whole thing. It's not anything personal against Marvel. Now, Marvel was like a really attractive company because in the beginning of the decade, right before they, uh, as they were, as the sales originally went through, um, Marvel was on this huge growth swing. Um, but they were no more attracted to Marvel than they might have been to, um, you know, General Motors or something. It just happened to be a company they thought was a bargain company. Fair enough. And then they spent too much money on sticker companies and trading card companies and pogs and oh, yes, distributors <laughs> and just basically yes. screwed their own world. So false equivalency is what you're saying. Well, so, but even... Well, but it's one piece of the puzzle. Truth that, go ahead. It's, it's, it's just one piece of a larger puzzle. Yeah, and the, it is true, like, those who don't remember history are doomed to repeat it because when Marvel took over Heroes World and then converted into their own distribu- distributor, um, it really did two things. One is it killed the sales of Marvel books other than the X-Men books for a long time. But just as important is it cut the margins that, that retailers had. Yeah. Because you had to order mm-hmm. from more than one company. So if you're a retailer who's getting 40% off, uh, uh, 50% off cover price of all your books, and suddenly because you're buying fewer books, you're getting 40% off, um, and you can't sell some of them, then like you're, the margins are just going to die, and you're not going to be able to make any money. Right. And this isn't, we should reiterate, this isn't Image Comics doing this, which would still be a blow. This is the company that puts out Superman and Batman doing this. One mm-hmm. of the big two. So you're literally taking one of the big two out of a distribution and out of a lot of shops right now while they quickly figure all this crap out. And there's just no way it's going to work right away. And it leads me to believe they don't the care. Like, the, t- the timing is just awful. Yeah. And it feels like yep. they don't care. It feels like they're giving up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think you're right. I mean, they're making a lot more money from the book trade. Yeah. Plus, um, the book trade is much more profitable. And the, the retailers you deal with are generally much better paying their bills. Um, they're, the, the benefit for, from comic retailers getting books from the book trade is they're probably returnable. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. If we, I mean, we'll see where that goes, I suppose. But you are right. Diamond Comics, with all their flaws, definitely did float a lot of shops, including shops I've worked at in the past when they were in debt and said, we'll figure out a mm-hmm. way to keep comics coming to you and you can slowly pay off your debt and whatnot. I mean, and that's probably part of the problem with Diamond Comics as well. When they stop shipping, all of a sudden there's no cash flow coming and Diamond's in a very precarious space where they can't pay anybody. My LCS is exactly one of those shops. They fell thousands of dollars behind, and they were basically financed by Diamond to stay yeah. alive. Yep. Yeah. Um, that happened. That happened to us back in the day at at Krypton. Things things got tight, and we just had to like limp along for a while. And Diamond, you know, helped us get back on track that way. Um, that Chuck, I don't know if you read Chuck Rosansky's post yesterday, Jason. Yeah. It's wild. 
Yeah. Uh, he said it. that he was a million dollars in debt just to Diamond. What? Oh. And they had to. He had to sell a building to pay it off. And it's only he, he only paid it off as of last week. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah. And so it's uh, it's. And this, so that's one of the like largest comic retailers in the country. Well, that's also maybe you're a bad business person. At that point. Like, well, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of complicated not, reasons. Yeah, you, you but can, uh, what did he buy to get him so much in debt? No shit, like yeah. just stacks of Spawn comics, like every issue. Give me, I need a thousand <laughs> copies of Spawn. You know. <laughs> Jace, it is wonderful to hear your voice and to talk to you. Thank you for your historical now, Jason, perspective. We, we, we actually kind of like shanghai you here into this conversation. Was there something else you wanted to talk about before we let you go? I got an answer for the question of the week. Hit us. Hey, hit us. Uh, so cross-universe crossovers? I want the yeah. CPRD to meet the Teen Titans and fight Trigon. That's kind of fun. <laughs> that would be right. right? Think about fun. that, right? Yeah. They, they can literally journey to hell and fight demons, and uh, we can see Hellboy in his true prime. Get some interesting stuff around the who owns the who owns hell in the different universes. Yeah, you know, all this kind of demonic battle and stuff. You could um, even do really like nice I love it. Thing, uh, but, yeah, you could even do a Trigon like comes to the D, to the Dark Horse universe and goes fuck DC. That place is too many heroes. I'm done with them. I'm going someplace <laughs> easy to take over. And the BPRD is just like we're screwed. We're in real trouble. And the Teen Titans show up and they're like, hey, we know how to handle this. Don't worry. It's all right. The, the Hellboy universe already got eaten by hell. Yeah, so. it's true. <laughs> oh, that would be so good considering like how the BPRD universe yeah fell completely apart. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah. The so try guys just like this place everything? is easy pickings. I love it. That's fun. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Jace. that works. <laughs> All right, we got some other hey, people guys, trying glad to call you're in. Still doing this. I had a great time listening yesterday during my run to your show. So thanks a lot. It's, um, yeah, thanks it's for calling, Jason. We appreciate it. These painful times. I'm glad one of these listeners is working out, Jason. I appreciate that, man. You're doing it for all of us. <laughs> you're pulling some heavyweight, brother. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Bye, buddy. Phone line is open, 402-819-4894. Someone is already calling me, and I love that. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos, there you are. I knew if I uh, said your name enough, you'd come alive just like Candyman. As, oh, as you're calling more like me Beetlejuice. out, yeah, let, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the overrated actor that is Mark Ruffalo. Let's talk about him. <laughs> The service is yours, sir. I mean, uh, what do you got? Go for it. I'm on the other side of the I, net it, here. I'll hit it, back. It, I, I, I will agree that uh, Henry Cavill has been underserved um, in his role as Superman. Definitely. Um, I think it's, I mean, God, what a slow news week, right, guys? I mean, I, it's, um, it's, I, I, I actually nothing like else happened actual, in comics this week. Usually when there's, when there's one of those, like, take a character and put it in another place. I'm like, I don't know, guys. I, I, I don't really think that way. But I actually had like an idea like on Sunday. I was like, oh, that's a good one. And I worked on it all week. And now I don't, I don't have time to talk about it. So maybe next week. But um, <laughs> Henry, um, I think the uh, – God. Um, I, I think Henry Cavill is a treasure. Um, he is um, one, like really amazing in like everything he's in. I saw him in the Count of Monte Cristo uh, back in like, what, 2001? Oh yeah, he was um, in that. He was, he was he was the son, and I saw him, and I looked at my my girlfriend, my now wife, and was like, 
that guy should be Superboy. Like, he looks like Superboy. And she's like, yep, he's got the black hair and the blue eyes, and he's handsome. And then, you know, we just had to wait a couple decades, but he was sort of Superman. I mean, in the suit, but, you know, not a Superman most of us recognize. Right. Um, but um, I think he's great, and I think he... The idea of him leaving, like not actually living up to his like potential was really depressing um, because, you know, how many missed opportunities of perfect casting do we have that like where they don't do anything with it? So True. him coming back to, um, you know, in the uh, the Snyder cut in, uh, in you know, uh, <laughs> which is obscene and insane. <laughs> um, but because I, I just listened to you guys like talk about it where you're like, um, this is so awful. I have to see it. And then you're like, why would they do this? It's because you have to see it. And I, the idea that, that Warner Brothers wants to spend a hundred million dollars to to like re-edit a movie that and like basically refilm it, right? Um, they obviously think it's worth it. Like they're you know I, I don't know you know they, they ditched Diamond because they don't think they're making enough money, but they're going to redo this movie. Like they think there's something. <laughs> that maybe it's a, a big enough hit that they can put it back in theaters. Like, I, I don't really know, but um, the, the th- anything that shames Joss Whedon again, I'm, I'm happy to be on board for that. Um. <laughs> so if, the, if they're going to spend this money, I demand that they actually refilm Henry Cavill's scenes so that we do not have to handle that stupid CGI mustache. Oh, where it looks like he's got like kind of a weird hair lip kind of thing. Yeah. Going. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fr- like, it's one of those things. Like it's the first, the first shot of the movie is him grimacing in a with a photoshopped mouth. Yeah, in like yeah, yeah. like it's what terrible. Do, why it's, do I? What do I think is great about the world? It's like no, like, I, I it's legitimately watched, distressing. Like, it's it's so awful and like in the beginning it was like oh I don't like that and by the end it's like oh I hate every everything about that is like they should have just kept the mustache. It wouldn't have been less distracting. Right. It would have been like ridiculous but yeah. i don't know it would like, have yeah yeah for I, sure um release the mustache cut that's what i say release the mustache cut <laughs> i like um, that one even better super mustache <laughs> i'm into it it's just it's yeah so i i um but i think i think mark ruffalo is he's like my sister-in-law is like you know celebrity crush and i'm like because he looks like someone's like sad uncle he's like a cardigan wearing uncle like okay well, I don't know. He's not a movie star. You are, he, you are forgetting, he, sir, that he was a star of many a romantic comedy that won several ladies' hearts, including my wife's. And I think what, what Marvel were those. I, I can't name them. I didn't see them. That I don't is, know. They oh, were all they oh, all okay. had like that Patton uh, Oswald yeah. like feeling kind of sorta title, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> that's the thing. No one, no, and, and yeah, like I, that's the thing. It's like great. He's been in a lot of movies that ladies love. Um, but my wife can't stand him, which is funny. She's like, why is he, he's playing two roles in an HBO show. Why did we get HBO max? I'm like, cause there's a lot of other things you can watch. She's oh. like, I don't want, uh, you know, she was, yeah. She, so I watched um, five I minutes of that HBO thing. and was just like, okay, I already see where this is going. I can't handle this right now. The news is too bad. I can't like live in the world that I'm living in and watch a show this sad. I can't do both. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> no, no. She's like that. She, she's read the book and she liked the book, but she's like, I'm not watching that. But, um, so yeah, that, I watched yeah. stars and, and I watched star girl instead. <laughs> yeah, no, I watched that with her yesterday and she loved it. So, um, that will be our oh. family, um, thing. Well, well, most of the shows we watch are on hiatus. Um, the, um, so yeah, I think it was more Henry Cavill is better than Mark Ruffalo. Not his Superman is better than his Hulk. Like his Hulk is whatever. I don't care. I mean, it's he's fine. Like, I don't disagree. The, like he doesn't. It's it's the the CGI does a ton of heavy lifting. Like the, the, yeah. the picture of him on the set where he's got like the harness on and the, I think it's like <laughs> Thor yeah. like kisses and it's like 
that's like that's not acting. What are you talking about? Like you know, like he's got this big dumb like unicorn harness thing, and he's like standing there like they're gonna CGI the destruction and whatever. He's like, got a, Hulk he's got Hulk, a stick. Like, he's got a stick coming out of his back uh, with a Hulk head at the top, approximating the height of the Hulk, which always makes me laugh. <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I think Henry Cavill's better than him. Um, the I don't know. The, the DC and diamond thing is crazy. Um, I am a 17 year um, veteran of discount comic book service. Um, I've been with them since I moved away from a city and a comic shop 17 years ago. Um, and they have been unbelievably professional and reliable. Like for like, I've ordered there every month for 17 years and I am very happy. And with them, um, this decision is weird. It's baffling. Um, it's very, it's very weird. I mean, it's, I, I, I tend to look for like the Ryan Higginses and like the, the, the progressive retailers for like, I, what I feel is like an honest right. silver lining kind of point of view, because I'm not going to listen to most of the normal, like doom and gloom ones who don't like anything. Like how many of them hated the idea that they had to use that like point of sale system. Right. But in this case, don't you agree? In this case, even those who are looking on the bright side, who are saying, well, I mean, I can kind of see, they are also saying it sure does seem like DC doesn't care about the direct market anymore. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you guys actually work for the shop. I just, you know, know people who have and have been, you know, trying to pay attention to things for decades, but like, the the like the, the story that you guys were t- I didn't read the article but I or the whatever the comments but the guy was like a million dollars in debt like that's not a business no like that you know what that's like, insane the direct market kind of is it's sort of smoke and mirrors like it's a lot of like there are some retailers who are doing the right thing and they are like it sounds like Legend is like an amazing store and if I live nearby like I would go there and like that would be my regular place because they they seem like they're moving with the you know, they move with, with the ocean and they do what they need to do and yeah. they adapt and they plan you and change and or you die. You That's how it. it works. But you know, but like, it's like, you've got, there's like what, 2000 stores. And I would say probably at least a quarter, if not a third are, or probably more, honestly, are like comic book guy shops. Yeah. Like hole mm-hmm. in the wall, barely mm-hmm. making it by not really. A, it's like a hobby that they maybe hopefully make a profit where they can pay their bills. Right. Brian, we've got some more people that are trying to call in, so I hate to cut you off, but we've got to share the air with everybody. We love you. I get you. Thank you for your point of view, brother, and it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, Brian, thanks. It's great talking to you. Brian brings up a good point, though, about that comic book guy thing, and it's something I didn't even think about, but I saw a couple different female comic creators that posted yesterday, and they were like, look, growing up and even still today, the comic shop's not a great place for women. So if it goes away in that sense, the stinky nerd hole run by dudes, I'm not too upset. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? Good morning, nerds. Tweedly deedly beat David Robbins calling David in. David friggin' Robbins. Missed you, buddy. How are you? I am well, sir. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing We're good. Doing really, really I'm well. giving you some hearts in our live feed on Facebook right now. What do you want to rap about? 
Awesome. Well, okay, so I'm going to start with the question of the week, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Diamond DC thing. Cool. Because um, I have a couple of thoughts, too. But um, so my one comic property dropped crossover into another thing or whatever. Um, this is a Marvel book because Fox is owned by uh, Disney now, and Disney owns Marvel, so Buffy is absolutely uh, available sometime in the future to be in the Marvel Universe, Okay. So, contrary to, to what uh, Brian was saying, I still love Buffy. I still love the stuff that Joss has created. Maybe not so much Justice League, but we're going to talk about Buffy right now. Uh, so, this is post-season eight. Uh, this is everything has happened. Sunnydale is a giant crater. Buffy and crew are living in Los Angeles. Angel's out in uh, London. Uh, we see uh, typical shots of the, the Santa Monica boardwalk. You see uh, a couple dragging a blanket across the beach. Uh, the, the sun is down. It's night. Um, they're sitting on the beach. You see a, a shadowy figure in panels coming up behind them. Uh, and then you see a, a blonde-headed figure come from the side of the panel, tackle this shadow, shadowy figure. Shadowy figure uh, kicks the blonde off and throws a stake at the girl on the blanket within the couple, uh, and that girl is actually a vampire that's been dusted. Uh, Buffy stands up, says, oh, I'm sorry, professional courtesy. I didn't realize that we were here for the same thing. Um, I, care to introduce yourself? And then you see the, the classic comic shot of panel for panel as the person stands up, kind of gets themselves together. You see a little bit of trench coat. Uh, sorry, professional courtesy. I meant to uh, introduce myself, but I'm from out of town. Name's Blade. Bam! <laughs> Get this man a job! How do we green light this, <laughs> goddammit? <laughs> totally in. <laughs> I would read the hell out of a Blade, Buffy, uh, Scooby Gang crossover book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where like I can only imagine Blade murdering half of them before the story is over. Or allowing them to get murdered. Like <laughs> just passively, aggressively. Like, Blade, help! And he's like, oh, whatever. I want, I want to see the throwdown fight between Blade and Angel. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. You know, and I want, you know, and, and, the, and then I want him to the, kiss, the, just like just like Buffy and Angel used to kiss. <laughs> I don't want as, Blade as and Angel much, to fall in love. <laughs> as much as Xander used to not trust Angel because of the whole vampire thing, I want to see all those scenes of Angel and Spike and and uh, Blade just giving each other like side eye, like at every possible moment. Like I want to see those scenes. I want to read that story. <laughs> I'm totally into it. I'm a, yeah, I'm a hundred percent into this. It's so much better than that last Scooby Doo shit that DC did, which was just fucking bizarre, man. <laughs> they were like in the future. They had guns. It was so weird. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could have it be Dracula because Dracula exists in both worlds. Of course. You know, it's, we could, you know like we could do. Yeah, like, and Dracula and Buffy have a history. Dracula and Angel, uh, Dracula and uh, Spike and, and, and Blade, they all have history, you know, in the various universes. It all happened. You totally. know, multiverse. I'm, you know, it, it's, it's a thing. It's totally a thing. Or it's multiple Draculas from multiple realities. No and way. the Draculas no, himself are Marvel fighting already too. made their Dracula into a sexy boy. Oh, that's right. Their Dracula. So he could just be—he could just be the same Dracula from Buffy. He's not wearing the pinstripes anymore, and like with the weird flat top and the salt and pepper hair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, David, I love it's this. The, the, it's the Rudolph Martin, you know, 
uh, version of Dracula that uh, was on Buffy that I think he's actually played Dracula on a couple of different things. Yeah, he did. He was he was like a Dracula typecast for a while where you just like yeah. you would get his like bio and it's like Dracula <laughs> across the top. Yep. You're like, this is our guy. Dracula. Let's get this diamond talk going. All right. So we can. Yeah. Yep. Talk to me about diamond. So I saw it. I saw the thing from Hollywood Reporter at like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning last night. Um, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit. But then the more I thought about it, I, I thought, and this, this is an outsider's perspective because I don't work in a shop. I've never worked in a shop. I've worked in a bookstore. I've worked in a Walden Books you know, many years ago. And we got all our stuff uh, from a different distributor. But I think DC telling Diamond to get to Steppen is really good for the comics industry. Might be. That's that's the other side of this that a lot of people aren't thinking of. It's like, look, Diamond doesn't do a great job. And Diamond does maybe encourage a lot of businesses to go into debt and not deal, not act like a real business. Well, it's it's not even that so much. It's it, Diamond has the mentality of you don't like it. What else are you going to do? Right. Where else are you going to get them? Right. And competition is good for business. It makes quality go up and it keeps customer service good. No question. But what about the timing? You know, well, you know, if it's, if that, you know, there's magazines haven't gone through that kind of distributor for years and years and years and magazines like time and newsweek and all they, they come out weekly. Yeah. And there has been other distributors that have shown an ability to get, you know, these weekly magazines to all of the retailers who, quite frankly, outnumber comic book shops probably 10 to 1. This is true. Because they need, they need to go to Walgreens. They need to go to, to Barnes & Noble. They need to go to any other bookstores that still exist, the, the independent bookstores, the, the small little coffee shops or, or gas stations or newsstands that all carry Time and Newsweek and, right. and all those the, the weeklies, TV Guide, Entertainment Weekly. And I, I know a lot of these do not publish as much as they used to, or, you know, there's fewer of them, but the, the, in the, the infrastructure is there and those things do exist. Well, how and shocking would it be? You yourself, what? How shocking would it be next week if Penguin Press says they're buying both these distributors? Because Penguin Press already has their book distribution Random. everywhere. I, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it at all. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, all of these, 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 uh, your bookstores are, were not essential businesses who have been shut down for three months. And all of these, these like higher up execs, I guarantee you have been looking for ways to diversify the revenue stream because people can get things from Amazon. They can get yep. things from you know, anywhere else and have them sent back to their house. So they need to have something else other than people seeing their products and browsing a bookstore. Yeah. And if, if Penguin can make up some of their money by distributing to other venues that have this you know, it, granted, it, it's somewhat dwindling these days, but have a structured business that have a structured regular customer base that aren't coming in to get this issue of of this magazine because there's some special article coming out, but are coming in weekly and monthly to buy the same things. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? I can also see DC you know? in that situation saying, God damn it, we can sell these like Green Lantern young adult books. 24-7 on Amazon, how do we get that yeah. for our comics? How do we get that so any nerd can come in and be like, oh man, I missed that issue of Supergirl and then go on Amazon and order an issue and boom, it's shipped out two days later. There you go. So uh, I'm going to uh, 
tell you, I'm going to have a, a little inside baseball here because uh, years ago I did work for, uh, a, I had a cup of coffee with the Margaret Weiss Productions um, working as like a, a community rep uh, for their, their gaming line, okay? And they had the license for the Marvel RPG for a while. And when Disney bought Marvel, they, it was time to renegotiate the license and Disney said, here's your fee. And they went, well, no, 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 this is a book. Right. Well, well it's a game. Well, yeah, but it's a book. So, okay, it's a game. Here's your fee. And that's why that RPG went away. If Disney is trying to minimize their costs and make whatever they can out of these properties they have, you don't think that they're looking for a way to distribute their own stuff too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's, I, I can't see a world where the Disney corporation is going to be held hostage by one guy in New Jersey who has the entire comic book industry like under his thumb for shipping. Well, especially I, when I you've that. already got DC said, all right, we're pulling the ripcord. Marvel has to answer. They have to. Yeah. And after that, yeah, that's absolutely. it. Diamond Comics is toast. Forget it. That's the end I, of it. I, I half think that if DC left and if Marvel is the other big portion of it and since some of the other independents have already left and gone to their other way, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Disney bought Diamond. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. I could definitely see that. You know, I mean this this is like, this is history repeating itself. Though, like Jason said, Disney bought a distributor in the '90s and it crashed and burned. Well, Marvel bought a distributor, not Disney. Well, that's true. Yes, Marvel, not Disney. Yeah, Disney's um, a little larger right, I, and could maybe make a, you know that risk might be nothing for them. They bought fucking Star yeah. Wars. You know, they bought Marvel. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe it's a drop it's in the bucket. Who knows? Well, I, it, it also, I, just, I don't necessarily know if they're going to buy Diamond, if Diamond is that far in debt. Yeah, that's the other you thing. You know, they might just say, yeah, we'll take our ball and, and make our own uh, shipping and, you know, make our own uh, direct market. We have the publisher. Yeah. You know, we are the publisher. Let's We'll we'll send this stuff out. And you're telling we me Disney doesn't have some type of, like, book deal with a major company that ships out all their books? No way. They've got oh, that firmly entrenched. Do. And I'm sure they could flip a switch if they wanted to and be like, yeah, they're handling our comics now. Yeah. I mean, they got I mean, the publishers. The, the, like, all of those books go for, come from the same couple of publishers there's they can always set up their own direct drops or anything like that it, yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all like there's also there, there are regional ones i i think that uh jeppy had an jeppy had an interview on uh kevin and bernardin's uh podcast a couple weeks ago and i'm pretty sure he also has sub distributors already oh I'm so sure. yeah it, it wouldn't surprise me if all of the 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 product published by marvel they set up a bunch of sub distributors and said, "Okay, you're the southeast, you're the the, the northeast, you're the south, you're yeah. the the northwest. This is the Midwest. You're going to get all of our stuff for this area, and you drop ship to all these places." Right. We get it to you. You get it to them. David, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off here because we got to yeah. share the air. It is good to talk to you, brother. You too, guys. Stay, stay safe Thanks, out David. there, man. You too. Yeah, you too. He's got a really good point, though. I mean, there's no I mean, way Disney isn't already set up to just do this. For all the talk about the possibilities and and the benefit, the long term benefit, that's that's not at all what anybody is concerned about right now. Right. 
it's all about what DC is doing, like by putting their boots on the necks of the comic book shops. Yeah. All right. We got another call coming in here. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, Frank Cirillo. Hey, Frank. How you Frank. doing, man? Hey. Huh? Good. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good, buddy. Keep yeah, those hands washed. Yeah. New York's been uh, a messy place, yeah, well, you know? Well, I was going to call about the uh, question of the week and the news and everything. It's, Let's wow. do it. Let's do it. Okay. So so my answer is um, I would like to see Doctor Who dropped into a dark a book with dark side in it. Writes because itself. You know. Writes itself. Because you know. Right. <laughs> it does. It does. You know, Doctor Who's going to win oh, in yeah. the end. Oh, yeah. Even, even if. Even if he's got to regenerate six times, you know. <laughs> well, not just that. Keep in mind, Batman once shot him and killed him. So if all it takes is a That's dude true. with a handgun. <laughs> with a cosmic bullet. <laughs> Regardless, he still basically shot him with a gun. <laughs> right. Some, 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 like, you know, some alien wizard with his magic wand could do something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, in fact, yeah. that is the biggest problem with the story is Doctor Who kicks the shit out of him. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, maybe at first right, right. there's a problem. Like, oh, God, I didn't realize how powerful that guy was. Well, no problem. This time I'll just use a sonic screwdriver and make this funny noise and go, ah, there it is, and then bang. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, he, he, he flips a switch, it makes a funny little buzz, and then all the fire pits on Apocalypse go out. Right, totally. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It writes itself, man. Even better, though, I want it to be the new female Doctor Who to even to piss off like the bros even more. So that would be great. Not just Doctor oh, Who, but a female Doctor Who kicks the shit out of Dark Side. <laughs> I, I still haven't watched any of those yet because they're not available on any of the streaming services. They're I have, still great, but, I'm, but it's I'm, still I'm, great. I'm looking. I really want to see it. It looks great. The people that are um, complaining about it are just being assholes. It's still a great show. You know. I don't listen to any of that garbage because you know what? I, I judge for myself now. I got to watch something. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't, you know, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty non-judgmental about stuff. Like, all right. So let's talk about this Henry Cavill thing. I think he's fantastic as Superman. You know, I think the story sucked. Yeah. Same thing with Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh was great. He was. The story they dropped him into was awful. Agreed. You know, and he, and he proved that he was great on that crisis episode. I was like, this oh, is yeah. fantastic. Why can't, why couldn't they do this? That was great. I was like, this is amazing. I had goosebumps like watching it. It was fantastic. It was so good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely think Henry Cavill definitely come back as Superman. And, and I want to address the mustache. Superman with a mustache would be fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. we just need that. We need Superman with a mustache. Well, look at the dad from Invincible. Like he was basically like Superman. Oh, yeah, Omni-Man. And he yeah, had exactly. a big, thick mustache. And Omni-Man was a fucking stud. You know, it's like, right. what exactly. if Magnum P.I. had superpowers? He was a badass. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so I, I definitely Maybe they should just cast Henry Cavill as Omni-Man. <laughs> I'd be Ooh, fine with that too. True. See now, if Cavill was but really I would smart, see him come back. He, he was and Bring when back, he was man. pissed off about this. If I'm Cavill and DC's dicking me around, I don't know what's going on, and they're making bad movies. Yeah. I turn immediately to Kirkman and be like, "All right, I want to yeah. produce your Invincible movie, and I'm going to be Omni Man. I'm going to take myself out of the conversation, and who knows, maybe I get an Oscar nod. You know, <laughs> right? Right? You know, yeah, I, mean, I don't see that happening. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. But he was a great choice. He was a great choice for the character. He, he, it's the story just didn't serve the character at all. And I really would love to see them go back and do the right thing with Superman. I was like, yes. come on. Like I watched that movie. I only watched it. only had to watch it once. And there were parts of it. I enjoyed parts of it. I was like, no, that's not Superman, you know? Right. And I just, 
it just needed it, – and I, you, heard, you said it before. If they just rebooted it and started fresh, I don't even care. That would be great. But just don't continue that story anymore. No, we don't you – know? there's too much baggage. That, right. Too much baggage. I think, I think, a, I think, a, I think a Batman that's, that's 25 to 30 years older than Superman is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they're contemporaries. They're supposed to be the same age. You know, it's like – I mean, I, I, I thought Ben – listen, I'm probably one of the few people who thought Ben Affleck did a good job as Batman. You know, he, he was both Bruce Wayne and Batman, and that's the key. you got to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know, I thought he, Affleck was good, but again, you like what they did with the character in the story yeah. was the garbage. Right. It was just pure garbage. Right. No, it was terrible. You know, like like Batman, like the one motivation Batman has is to avenge his parents from being shot by, by a criminal. Right. Batman, should, Batman never picks up guns. And to have to have Batman with project, any kind of projectile weapon is, is absolutely ridiculous. It's stupid. And, and like you said— yeah. The fact that he kills Darkseid with a gun is huge for Batman, you and, know? And he even says it. He even says it in that scene. He's like, yeah. look, Nor- I've got a real thing with firearms, and I don't like to use them, but for you, fuck off. Bang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like, like Warner Brothers, please do the right thing. Please make the movies we want to see. They're, they're profitable. We want to see them. Right. We just don't want you producing crap, yes, you know. I totally agree. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. And and as far as as far as the diamond thing goes, like I said this morning, like I said before, it's absolute greed on AT and T's part for, for for you know cutting and running like this right now. But I think it's probably in the end, it's, maybe it'll open it up, open it up for smaller distributors. Maybe it'll open it up because you know what? When you got smaller distributors, when you got local distributors, hey, then you got local comic book uh, producers again. Yeah. You know, so maybe it'll open up for the independent market more. That's true. Because the independent market all but dried up. Yeah. You know, like you very, you know, it's like independent guys are on Kickstarter now. And that's great. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's the new but, model, you know, personally. I uh, Quite honestly, it, it, is. it, it is. is the new model. And it's them jumping onto a model that music figured out literally 10 years yeah. ago. And just went, fuck it. We're going to no, do it true, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I, it works. I, I love the idea. I love Kickstarter. I love the idea. It's great. But I, I miss go walking into a comic shop and going, hey, one of our local uh, comic book artists made this, you yeah. know, like putting it out independently, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And therein but lies that's, that's the sacrifice. That's the thing I kind of miss. Yeah. Therein right. lies the sacrifice. We may, yeah. we may right. improve the market. We may make things better for artists and producers and lose something yeah. that we truly love in that process. But, right. Right. you know, that's evolution, baby. I, I didn't say that. Yeah. I think. That was Pearl Jam that came up with that one, but <laughs> I think it was Charles Darwin. Oh, hey, I just also I just I just signed on for a Patreon with you guys because I figured, oh, you know what? I, I listen to these guys all the time. This I'm, friggin' guy. Ah, thanks, but Frank. So, so I want to say thank you for, for putting the show on. And Frank, I'm I want to say thank you for giving us raining five hundred dollars a month. That's ridiculous, and oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. Yeah, I wish. All right, Frank. Look, if every patron shit, gave us five hundred dollars a month, we'd be able to quit our jobs. It's true. That's you all guys I'm saying. Think well, about that shit. All right. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, guys. It's great hearing from you again. Thanks. Good to talk thank to you Frank. you, Frank. We'll talk to you. Get out of the rain, right. will you? Jesus, this guy—he's going to make himself Ooh. sick. 402-819-4894. We could take a couple more calls. And then the way we're going to do it is Joe and I are going to turn off the live show and we're going to play and listen to and respond to all the voicemails and the uh, MP3s that you guys send us. And that will be on the actual podcast when we polish it up and put music in here and take out all the burps and farts and make everybody sound sexier. You know, I actually have a sexy yeah. filter that I turn on and Joe and I get just hot as hell. 
We just missed a call, oh. but the phone line is open. Call us. I see you trying. 402-819-4894. Do it now. So while we're waiting, uh, our friend Zach Hollowell said that he couldn't call the kids are screaming. His crossover idea is the eight ball story like a velvet glove cast in iron meeting classic Archie. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Greetings, nerds. It's John from Jersey calling in with my answer to the question of the week. Johnny, you beautiful bastard. How you been, man? We missed you. Uh, well, John. you know, I've been a little busy. Um, as you guys know, I work at a school. I'm an administrator. And uh, this coronavirus quarantine distance learning has really been keeping us pretty busy. So uh, I would think it's I've been a, working on that. Isn't it the best thing that teachers ever ask for? Like, I get to do my job and not actually have to, like, touch these little assholes, you know? <laughs> here's, well, here's Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. As, as I, I'm moving out to Iowa to be head of a school, so I'm not going to comment. Oh, there, fair enough. I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I will say this. Here's, the, here's what it changed for teachers. And any parents listening, I hope you can understand this. It's not that we're not going into school to teach. It's that all of the kids are coming into our homes to be taught. Okay. And that's fair. that is a very different energy and feel, and it's just been crazy. But... Today is graduation, my last graduation in New Jersey, and then I'm driving west at the end of the month, and I'll be a lot closer to you all, so hopefully when everything's said and done, I can uh, drive out and go to a meet, and we can have a beer at some yeah, point. Yeah, That would be a lot of fun. That would be awesome. awesome. I would love that. And where, okay, yeah. so where, where in Iowa, Iowa are you going? Where are you going? Um, I'm going to be right near Iowa City. Oh, nice. Not far Not at all. So no. it's about four hours, I, I, I think. Well, we, we got a whole crew of Iowa nerds living right around there that you could all. Uh, yeah, I hear there's too. this guy, Johnito, who um, yeah. I think we're going to be good friends. Um, I will be Professor Z out there as head of a small school. Um, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how our relationship works out. We'll let that play out in the background, I think. I love it. <laughs> anyway. All right, enough of this um, personal garbage. What do you want to rap about? <laughs> I wanted to call in and talk about my answer. Okay. Now, a lot of people who are Masters of the Universe fans know okay. that Prince Adam's mother was uh, an astronaut, right? Yes. Right. Who went on a mission, the mission went wrong, and she ended up landing on Eternia. What people don't know is there were three other members of that crew, and they were bombarded by radiation, right? Oh, and now, in I see some realities, in some realities, <laughs> that bestowed fantastic powers upon them. But in this reality, it actually sent them back through time, and they crash landed at the South Pole. And only, only the woman survived. <clears throat> And she went on to become the mother of He-Man and all of that. And they lived in their world, Eternia, which was surrounded by the cold vastness of the outer space that they could never leave. Right. Now, we don't know when this all took place, but over time, eventually the land grew over and became savage in its nature. Oh, God. And basically, <laughs> the history is Eternia was the, is the savage land was Eternia. I love an it. Alternate Sue Storm is He Man's mom. <laughs> and wow. if, if they ever decide to come back to her time, they might bring with them all sorts of monsters and evil sorcerers and villains to a very different reality than she left because things played out differently with her affecting time and Eternia having gone a different course. This one almost isn't even fair. 
because I'm just saying it's so it's like it's it's all right there. It's all right fucking there. You know? I, love, I mean, I'm just saying if Disney wants to hire me, I'll have some free time in the summers now that I'm no longer a camp director. I would love to write a treatment. I will read this. I will watch this and I will play the shitty video game that they make for it. I, I'm totally down. I, re- <laughs> I really just want to see a Skeletor Doctor Doom alliance. I love it. Um, in the worst Ooh. way. <laughs> Especially and if Doctor yeah, Strange, Doctor Strange, has to get involved. Especially if Doctor Doom anywhere. just insults Skeletor the whole time. Like, okay, so let me get well, this straight. Always, That's your plan. <laughs> well, and and through this, we would find the secret origin of the Serpent Crown. Okay, which is which is tied into Atlantis and Lamera and all that, and it comes from the Serpent King. Who, you know, anyway. I, uh, that came to me this morning uh, when I was shopping and I thought I got a call in. It's too brilliant. Well, it's too, it literally writes itself. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. Um, here's, I'll leave you with my thoughts on diamond. Um, I don't know nearly enough about how the industry works as an in, from an inside perspective to really have an informed opinion on whether this is good or bad for stores. But I do think that it, we're only one memo from an executive who figured out how to save X number of dollars a year away from Marvel going the same route. Oh yeah. And, and when that happens, what I think will happen is a bidding war between Warner brothers and Disney to try and sign up all the smaller publishers to use their distribution service. That's terrifying. That's even scarier. Well, but think about it. I think that they're both in the business of acquisitions. Yeah. And I just think it's a natural fit. So yeah. I don't know what we can do as consumers to fight that, but Disney has already shown they're not afraid to work with other comic publishers if it makes sense for their products. Right. And when you look at Image, who has basically become an intellectual property company, saying, all right, well, we got a deal for Mark Miller on Netflix. We got uh, TV right. deals for Kirkman. I mean – Maybe it does make sense for Disney and Warner Brothers to just start collecting intellectual properties just in case. Well, an image would make a heck of a lot of sense for Disney because they like to find brands that allow them to do more adult content with their own established brand. Yeah. That's what they're going to be doing with Fox. That's what they're going to be doing. Um, That's what they did with Miramax back in the day. Totally. They put out all the Quentin Tarantino movies. This was Disney on Miramax. So so they're they're not afraid of putting out edgier content, just not with the mouse attached to it. Right. Man. So, yeah, well, I bet, and, and I don't know what we can do or even even, even if it's a bad thing, because, you know, everybody was afraid when Disney bought Marvel that it was going to mean movies were going to suck. I think they're better than ever. Absolutely. Everyone was afraid that comic books were going to tank. But Perlmutter's the problem, not Bob Iger. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a scary time. Anyway, it is a bizarre yeah, well, and scary but- time. But that is why we nerds need to hang together and talk to each other once a week or every couple of months and just uh, be there and and keep this whole thing running. Johnny, we're back to you, baby. Okay? We heard you crying and we came back. It's good to talk to you, brother. <laughs> Thanks, John. To, next time I call, I will be Professor Z. I got to figure out my new tag. I love it. I love All it. Right. Good to All talk right. to you, brother. All right. Talk, talk to you later, brother. All right. That is our final call of the day. This was a ton of fun. Thank you to everybody that tuned in live. We are going to turn off the live broadcast now so Joe Patrick and I can listen to the MP3s and voicemails we got and respond to them. You have to download the podcast to hear that shit. We can't just give it all away here on Facebook to you jerks. It's not how it works. All right. We need your downloads too. Thank you to everybody that played. 
It is so good to talk to you guys again. Uh, real quick, before we sign off from the live chat, uh, we've got John Tverdick, uh, who said the mustache scenes from Justice League were part of the reshoots. That's true. So the Snyder Cut presumably would not have the mustache. I'm guessing the Snyder Cut has the mohawk Superman. The mohawk, yeah. or at least the mohawk cut. Yeah, with the spike shoulder pads, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then John had an answer for the question of the week. And that was Cap and the Rocketeer fighting Nazis who have infiltrated America in 1944. Again, writes itself. That's beautiful. Please, yes, I want to read Captain America Absolutely teaming beautiful. up with the Rocketeer. I love it. Joey, it's time for voicemails and uh, leading us off, our fartiest caller ever. G'day, Joe. G'day, Matt. G'day, listeners. It's time for another ring-a-ding dose of Jimmy's shitty MP3 submission. Ah, <laughs> right, yeah, baby. Woo! Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. All right. So Matt actually answered for me. He's he's already given my answer. He made a little joke, I think, in the last episode about um, you know, dropping the Archie gang into the crossed universe, and that is actually my answer. <laughs> it could kind of be taken as a pretty great character study of the Archie gang. Like, um, if you guys have read Cross, there's the Yakuza storyline in Japan where a bunch of friends get infected, but their friendship transcends the virus. Like, they don't try to kill each other. So, you know, I, I see them all teaming up. I see Archie running down Mr. Weatherby in his sweet little 50s jalopy car. Um, you know, Jughead just straight up grinds pop into an actual hamburger. And I started thinking about what uh, Betty and Veronica would get up to, and I had to go and uh, have a cold shower and think about my life. But probably the cool thing about the idea, the concept of um, the Archie gang getting dropped into the crossed universe is it could actually probably happen. Like uh, the Archie gang have done lots of crossovers. If you guys read Archie versus Predator, it's pretty violent. So they could do it. So let's all hope that happens. (laughs) Now, in other nerd news, of course, The Last of Us 2 is out very soon. Next Friday, I am king as a bean. Like the first game was almost perfect to me in that it was the first game that I played, The Last of Us, the first one. It didn't treat me like I was 11 years old. It treated me like a goddamn adult. Now, it ended perfectly, so <laughs> when they announced the sequel, I was like, nah, man, don't do that. I, I saw the, the trailer for it, and I wanted it so badly. I'm just, you know, maybe it's a question of the week, but what what unwanted sequel did you guys hear about and did the listeners hear about that you actually sat through and enjoyed very, very much, much, much? Um, I, it's gone a bit dark. Help, help me. I can't see. Uh, I did too many whippet bulbs. I smoked too much salvia. It's dark. Good uh, Jimmy, out. Lord. That's a good question. We'll have to hold on to that one. I like that. Unwanted sequel uh, that you actually liked. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That is a, a great question. Uh, Last of Us 2, I am pumped. I am pumped. There's a big spoiler out there. Uh, something leaked about the plot. Uh, do not, do not. Go looking for it. Oh, really? Uh, because people are very mad about it, about the about a, a twist in the in the story. Who leaked it? Um, I don't know what it is. I didn't go seeking it out. I don't want to know. But yeah, The Last of Us. Uh, if you've never played it, it is one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest video games of the last generation. That's what I've heard. I haven't played it yet. I think it's super cheap on PlayStation right now, so it's one I might download and play through. Um, I, if you had PlayStation Plus, I think they gave it away for free. Oh, did they? Yeah, but you have to have PlayStation Plus. I I believe I do. Isn't that how you play online? Uh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. then I do. It's, the, it's their equivalent of Xbox Live. Okay, there we go. Then I do. I'll have to play through that. All right, then. All right, Black Scorpion the Three. 
Take it away. Nerds. How goes it? This is Black Scorpion number three. Happy D-Day to you. Let's stick it to the fascists. Today's June 6th. Wonderful day. Thought I'd answer the um, question of the week. Uh, so in terms of uh, exporting some kind of franchise into the comics world, uh, I think JSA or JLA are pretty good for, for bringing lots of big generic uh, um, heroes of yesteryear into, into some golden ceremony. And I imagine... Uh, I pitched this idea some years ago to, to Carl Smith because I think he could actually write it. I oh no, I, I, I imagined uh, taking uh, unused superheroes from the Disney verse and bringing them back. I'm talking Condor Man, Eye Man, Ooh. that darn cat, even the kid who escaped Witch Mountain. <laughs> that darn All those are super powered people that Disney just doesn't use. And I think it'd be great if somehow. Uh, they interacted with the, 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 the DC universe, maybe through a JSA, particularly like the kids from Escape from Witch Mountain being the shaggy dog. somewhat grown now and, and, uh, uh, being stumbled across by JSA people. Anyway, that's it. Be well. Uh, and I'll talk to you soon, gang. Thanks. Like Herbie the Love Bug starts dating like the spider buggy or something, you know? <laughs> That could be gross. <laughs> you can get into oh, that. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense for those Disney characters to, like, come into the Marvel Universe, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Why? Because Mar Disney owns Marvel? Oh, well, but it's a crossover, man. I mean, I guess. I said, it would still be a crossover if Condor Man showed up. <laughs> All right, that's got, pretty wild thinking, BS3, and that's why we love you. I like it. It's great. We got one left here, James Kaplan. Hey, guys. James Kaplan here. Uh, I don't have an answer for the question of the week, but in it's it's great that you guys are back on, and I just wanted to call and say hello. Hope you guys are well. Uh, I'm great. You, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing um, the call-in show again. Um, I don't have that much on new comics i am really curious to see how this whole dc thing will shake out like that's weird i wasn't really expecting that and uh, i don't know well I, I i much like most of the internet i don't actually know have anything substantive to say about it so i'm just curious to see how it'll shake out um but i frankly had it sort of enjoyed a few months when there were no new comics coming out because it gave me a chance to just go back and reread a lot of really great stuff because um, I have all these comics and I might as well reread them like Saga, uh, Zero by Alish Cott, um, the Fantastic Moon Knight run by Jeff Lemire, which I totally recommend. Fantastic. Um, you know, but just a, a bunch of stuff. East of West, I'm actually starting a reread from the beginning and, you know, not to state the obvious, but it's just it's such an incredible book. Um, anyway, um, maybe I'll try dialing it one more time, but otherwise... Uh, Hope you guys are, are, are doing well. Bye. James, we missed you too, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much, James. Love that guy. That Jeff Lemire Moon Knight series was so good. And honestly, I don't know if I finished it. I don't know if I finished reading it. I don't know if I read it. I need to go back. I don't remember it. I need to go back and see where I picked it. It came, it was the one with, uh, what's his name? The artist that drew the Dream Thief. Super talented artist. Greg Smallwood. Greg Smallwood, yeah. It was beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. Gorgeous art. Oh, my God. I do love Greg Smallwood. I do, too. And there's a big Moon Knight thing that's, like, coming up in the pages of Avengers that looks like it's uh, going it to started, It started last week. Oh, did it? Uh, yes, uh, and it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. I got to read that. Super excited. Uh, 
Moon Knight beats up Thor with his own hammer. It's amazing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you have to read it. You have to read it. They, they explain it in the book. It It is incredible. All right. Enough <laughs> of this. Let's get to our answers of the week. And then we're going to set up a new question for these jerks. All right. So I spent the whole week thinking about He-Man meeting the uh, masters of the universe, meeting the Thundercats because they, their universes seem like they'd be such a good fit. They're sure. both like sword and sorcery worlds with some, also like some tech. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like high, high sci-fi. Like they've got the thunder tank. It, uh, He-Man's got like friggin that stupid uh, crawler all, thing that like the feet spin yeah. around in the front. <laughs> everything, everything they ride in has a face. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's sculpted to look like a dinosaur. That's well, just, you know, we want dinosaur tech. I get it. Give the kids yeah. what they want. Uh, but yeah. And then I did some Googling and I found out it already happened and I forgot about it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, DC put out, I think it was DZ. Cause they, would have had the rights to masters of the universe at the time. Right. Um, they put out a He-Man Thundercats crossover series. Okay. And it was drawn by, uh, Freddie Williams, the two. Oh yeah. 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 I vaguely remember. And this. it was written by who wrote it, who wrote it, who wrote it. Stop it. Like mid 2000, mid two thousands. Right. It came out in 2017, apparently, oh, the trade. Oh, oh, the trade did. But, yeah, it, and I never read it. So we didn't or at least I don't have any memory of reading it. I don't recall either of us reviewing it on the show either. But, I mean, if it came out not that long ago, we, I, I would be stunned if we didn't. Yeah, we just totally skipped it, apparently. I don't know. So it was written by, oh, I think Peter David. What? How do we skip this? Peter David wrote it. Hold on. This can't be right. This can't be right. Amazon, you're worthless. All right, here we go. He-Man Thundercats was a uh, comic book crossover released between 2016 and 2017. Written by Lloyd Goldfine and Rob David. Okay. Who, neither of whom I have heard of. Looking at the cover, I remember now. Because it was Freddie Williams, but it was like a really accentuated, weird, over-inked Freddie Williams. I love it, though. Yeah. I love his art. Bizarre. I love him, too. But, like, this art looks kind of... Uh, according to the Wikipedia section for reception, the comic has received mostly positive reviews. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm glad someone put that edit in there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that would have been my answer and I'm, I'm both bummed that I'm not the first to think of it and also kind of happy that it already exists. Fair enough. And I got mostly positive reviews. So your answer is yeah, no most, answer. Is most, that where you're at? You're not coming up with anything? Well, I'll try to think of another one, but that's what I got for now. Okay. So my answer is in the Marvel universe, Tony Stark had a plan back in the day to create a digital prison for supervillains, right? Where they would basically imprint their brain onto a hard drive, more uh -huh. or less. Their bodies are held like in suspended animation, Matrix style, and their brain goes to this digital prison, right? And he had worked with a guy back in the day who looked a lot like Jeff Bridges in the 80s. 
developing <laughs> the world of Tron, right? <laughs> you know what? I thought you were going to go with Matrix. I nope. thought this was going to be a Matrix I'm thing. going straight to Tron. So they have this virtual... So evil government forces, of course, pick up on this, and they create a, a super secret government prison, like, based on this in the Tron world, where they're taking supervillains out of, like, you know, the raft and out of, like, uh, I don't know, other Marvel prison and uploading them right because they think not only that we can use their genius we can mine like some of these guys have great ideas we can mine their brain and take their genius but like their digital selves are being abused by like the red guards with the poles and stuff like that so oh man so tony hacks into the prison gets stuck there right and they're like, we got to get him out. Very few people know that he's in there. They don't want to contact a bunch of heroes because Tony is partially responsible for this. Doesn't even know it. So they hire the taskmaster to go in <laughs> and bust Tony out because they're like, who else can do this job? First of all, he's completely disposable. If it doesn't happen, great. Taskmaster's in jail. Nothing to worry about. But if he can get him out, if he can save him, what do we have to lose? Wow. Tron wow. and the Marvel Universe. Oh, man. I love it. I totally love it. And, of course, while he's That's there, Ram and Flynn and all the gang, <laughs> like, they're there. Sure, yeah, naturally. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if they weren't there. Totally. Oh, man. It would be awesome. I'd read the hell out of that. Uh, I tried to watch Tron Legacy a couple weeks ago, and I fell asleep. It's not a good movie. It's a wonderful soundtrack. Great it's effects. Pretty, though. It's not a good movie. It's a pretty mess. Is what I was is. bored. Yeah. They figured out a bored. way to make a Tron movie boring. Yeah. And the ending is so stupid, I just don't even know where to begin. Uh, yeah. It's no. so bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do like that idea. I do like your idea. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to call it quits with He-Man Thundercats because I right, poured all my baby. energy into that one Set thought and I got nothing. Give us a new question of the week, will you? <laughs> all right. You want to read your signing off paragraph, though? Oh, shit. I forgot. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that called in and played along or sent us an MP3. Thanks to all the viewers on Facebook Live. We love your comments and sharing this segment with you nerds. And hey, don't forget to give us a like while you're there on Facebook. Huh? It helps. We've been, we forgot to even ask for those. Joey, before we get out of here, set these kids up with a new question of the week. Gladly. This week's question was submitted by Jimmy Randall via the THN forums. What is the most meaningful life-altering scene in comics for you? To clarify, what scene, line, or moment in a comic book made you go, huh, I'll be damned. What I just experienced while reading a comic book was so poignant and deeply notable that I'm going to let it guide my life a little bit from now on. In short, what was a moment from a comic that stuck with you so much it helped you somewhat grow as a human being. I've already got my answer. My, when I read this, my answer came to me instantly. Yeah, I, I did too. Oh, man. Uh, now, please uh, keep the question of the week suggestions coming. Uh, I know that John sent us one on Twitter, which I appreciate. You can send them to me on the forums or via the email, post them on Facebook. I don't care where you send them, but we need them because we do this every week. It's true. 
Uh, earlier on, Frank Cirillo mentioned that he's helping us out on Patreon now, and that is awesome. And we can't thank everybody enough that is doing so. We're going to have Casey and I doing a chronological rewatch of the X-Men movies, which is not as easy as you think and nowhere near as seamless as the Marvel chronological rewatch. I'll tell you what. <laughs> we have already recorded the first three. Last night, we just watched X-Men Origins Wolverine. And let me tell you, that one does not hold up at all. I didn't like it when I first saw it. I liked it even less this time. <laughs> so if you want to hear that, become a patron. We will love you for it. And like literally anything you throw at us gets you access to the extra audio stuff. Yeah. Uh, except for the for the specific shows tied to specific tiers. Right. These, these little special things that we do, they're for any patron at any level. Thanks again to everybody that called in, played along, and is listening and forced us to do a live show again. I missed you guys. Uh, I want to specifically thank this week, uh, though they will not hear this, <laughs> I want to thank Randy Lander from Rogues Gallery Comics and Games in Austin, Texas, and uh, my buddy Menachem Lukens from Escape Pod Comics uh, in New York, uh, they both provided me with statements about this DC situation. Um, we did not read the letters verbatim, but they both essentially uh, outlined a lot of the issues we talked about, like with the um, the lower margins right. and the and the database incompatibility and the 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 unreasonable turnaround time and all of that stuff. That's just making this decision by DC a terrible burden for small retailers. Yeah. And while there may be some positive outcome in the long run right now, it sucks. It's terrifying. It sucks big time. Uh, and I appreciate those guys. They're doing good work out there. Uh, if you have not uh, heard of them or spoken to them, find them online. They are both super smart and very talented. Menachem had like, he instantly went live on Twitter with like a video yeah. and he had like his kids crawling on him and stuff. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. He had to like, he had to keep like dipping out of frame to pick up pacifiers. Yeah. Uh, Escape Pod, Escape Pod Comics is in Huntington, New York. Uh, Rogues Gallery is in Austin. Hit these guys up, throw them some business. We love Legend Comics and Coffee. Uh, we lean on them a lot, so it was nice to get some perspective from uh, other guys around the country. So thank you both for that. But hit every comic shop up right now because not only are they trying to come back from COVID, they're fucking terrified. This DC stuff has everybody terrified. Your local comic shop needs your help. Buy anything. Just go buy anything. Uh, I just We just got a tweet from... From John to verdict, Patreon request bundle all of the two headed nerd episodes that review the MCU movies and in order of a chronological rewatch. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even know what that would look like. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't even know if we can mine that data on our website. I don't, I, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody. This is the two headed nerd signing off. <laughs>